To the Who What Watch podcast. If you've never joined us before, we are a podcast specializing in all streamable content. We call ourselves Stream Critics. What we do is we go into all of those Netflix original, Hulu, HBO, Disney Plus stars, Amazon Prime, Apple TV Plus, all those streaming services we all pay for, all that content we review, watch before you, and make recommendations give you our food for thought before you watch and realize if it's worth your time or not, which is what we do. So today we're doing a podcast on Frozen 2 that was just released on Disney Plus and the runtime for this movie is hour 43 minutes, rating is PG. I'm also joined by my co-host Jacob. Hey everybody, glad to be here, really excited about this one. Are you really excited about it? Because I've never really been a person for Disney princess movie sequels. This is actually the first Disney sequel, Disney princess movie sequel I've ever watched. I mean, I've definitely watched a goofy movie and an extremely goofy movie. But Yeah, I mean, because the thing was back in the day, like Disney always tried to just rush out sequels. So they were never as good. You had like the C-list squad doing the animation. Yeah. And it was terrible. But... Right. Disney finally said, hold up, let's pump the brakes a little bit and try and get this one right. I don't even know how many years it's been since the first Frozen came out. Six? Seven? Somewhere Hmm. around in there. We should know that. Yeah. Well, either way, runtime hour and 43 minutes rating is PG for action peril, thematic elements. I mean, I don't really feel like I need to go into the synopsis of this movie because you know the story of Frozen. Anna, Elsa, with her magical powers, and, you know, they went through this thing where, in the first one, where you find out who she is, and then everybody finds out her secret, and blah, 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 and now this one is kind of the same thing, where it's like, she's not totally secretive about her powers, like, she totally embraces them now, but she's still unsettled. So, that's just my thoughts on Frozen 2 synopsis. Yeah, I mean, going into it, you kind of know what to expect in that all the main characters are going to be back. um, And it's going to be kind of a continuation of what's going on, building on Elsa's powers, and then learning a little bit more about Arendelle as a whole. And and you understand that they're just going to keep expanding the storyline a little bit. And that's pretty much what we ended up with right they just go into a little more history right and you're going back in time when Anna and Elsa were kids and then right back where we left off from Frozen 1 so um Rotten Tomatoes critics gave this 77% viewers gave this 92% I can't say I disagree with those numbers yeah, I mean, that sounds about right for 
what you expect from critics and, and audiences. Critics are very, they're critics for a reason. They're very critical. Yeah, they hate themselves. Yeah, they're just trying to pick everything apart. They can't be happy. I should be a real critic. <laughs> Meanwhile, the audience is just trying to figure out, hey, did I actually enjoy this? Was it worth the 20 to 40 to $100, depending on like, what movie theater <laughs> yeah. you went to? You saw it in the movie theater. Yeah. Is it worth the, the 40 to $100 that I just spent? Right. And uh, I mean, I felt like this one overall was... Uh, I don't know that it was better than Frozen 1, but I really, really enjoyed this movie. Well, you brought Idina Menzel back, who voices Elsa, does all the music for Elsa, and I'm sorry, she is the current Mariah Carey. <laughs> Fight me. Fight me. She has this beautiful vocal range, powerful voice. They give her these songs that just showcase her. Even, even though we did not get Let It Go in Frozen 2, which I think some people were cheated by that because they loved Let It Go so much. But mm -hmm. we also get Into the Unknown right early off into the movie. And I thought that that was a beautiful song. And it absolutely showcased Idina's talents, mm -hmm. which is definitely something they want to keep riding on. The girl is just freakishly talented. Yes. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, and we probably should have looked this up beforehand, but is she the first... Disney princess to actually record all of her own songs as well. Cause you know, back in the day they would have a voice actress for a Disney movie. Yeah. They would have a voice and actress then and then they would have a vocalist right. come in and do the songs. Right. Um, I don't know. She's probably the first one that's actually, I don't know that she is. I would think, I think possibly Snow White was also the same Maybe. person. Maybe. And then you have, um, the teapot from beauty and the beast. She, sang and voiced her character as well but now like a main princess character i have no idea either way she crushed it she crushes yeah, she absolutely crushed she crushes it. She's, the vocals she's, she's the a... new mariah carey before mariah carey's drug problem no <laughs> disrespect to mariah carey fans i'm just as much a fan as y'all are i'm just saying i'm a little sad that we can't hear the christmas album live anymore <laughs> but moving on you know i will say this when i'm watching this movie it's kind of going back to that old Disney brand with you know your Snow White where it's much more musical minded which Frozen 1 was very much a musical right but I felt like this one was really pushing the music more I, I felt like there's like twice as many songs definitely I thought there were too many songs I just thought there were a couple like songs that didn't really like if they weren't in the movie I would not have cared at all yeah you could have done without some of them well, just, but just then there's some that you're like that's amazing. Yes. And then Into the like, Unknown was amazing. Oh, Into the Unknown is just like, it makes me want to go out and do something new that I've never done before. Mm -hmm. You know, which to me is like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go try this new beer. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty uh, not adventurous. But um, you also get, you know, while we didn't get Let It Go in Frozen 2, we did get the folklore songs. And opening credit song into Frozen 2. They just beautifully incorporated it into this part of the movie that was just, it just really like put a ribbon on it for me. It you tied know, the it two just, movies together. That was, I think, the issue for a lot of like the Disney sequels back in the day. It was just trying to transition into another part of their lives, whereas this was just like intermingling of the two movies. I mean, it was just the whole Frozen 1 story was referenced throughout the movie. And, you know, everybody loved Frozen 1 so much that, of course, this is going to be great because we loved it. 
And so we bring all that in there. You still get the characters and the chemistry and, you know, their personalities that you love. Of course, Olaf, little goofball. Yeah. You know. I I really feel like this is literally almost like a second part to the same movie. It is. They really did a good job of continuity and bringing everything together because like you said it's it's not it's an aftermath movie almost (laughs) it's almost like a true aftermath movie right of frozen one you know you also get Kristoff, which we're all team Kristoff, hans (laughs) f you we were all rooting for you we were but we're not anymore not anymore so team Kristoff. nobody hates a working man um you know as far as his love story goes it just flows seamlessly you know very one-dimensional into Frozen 2, which Mm -hmm. really didn't do anything to me. The only thing I have to say is, you know, everybody's into 70s vibes right now, Mm -hmm. 70s fashion, just bringing back that retro feel and all of that. So his song, Into the Woods, and that tribute to Bohemian Rhapsody is just, I love it. I I hate mm -hmm. the song, doesn't do anything more, but watching that scene. (laughs) It was hilarious. It was so funny. If you listen to the song, nothing. But if you watch that part with the song, it's like, yes, thank you for that. Just so many many 80s power ballad vibes about it. And and what's hilarious is I actually read an interview with him right before we did this podcast that was talking about he really wanted that song to be serious. They told him to like, like this, the director said, this is what we have an idea for. It's very serious. He's kind of like letting all his emotions out. They wanted him to get into character before he sang. He had on a wig. Wow. They lit candles. And then he was like, and then the animators did this really goofy stuff. And I'm really kind of upset because everybody's laughing at me. I mean, I would not laugh at him for that at all. I loved it. I thought it was great. I don't think anybody's laughing at him. I'm just thinking like, this is awesome. It was fun. It was a fun It was part. fun. And it was, right. it was something that broke from the movie, but was still very much like he was singing his heart out and kind of going through his frustrations. Well, I mean, sure, but you had to have something like that in there. Otherwise, you're just going to keep getting these emotional Elsa songs and right. raise tear jerk in the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's you got to lighten it up. Yeah, and yeah, it was, I I, it. once again, that, that I'm not going to say it's the best part of the movie, but it's definitely a highlight. That's just, they did a great job, and it's just tons of fun. That's the only way yeah. to describe it. Yeah. Um, another thing that Disney is very good at, as a Pixar as well, is there's always a take-home message theme in all of their movies. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I think a common one that I didn't realize until, you know, as I got older that with these Disney princess movies, especially you deal with them overcoming sexism. Right. And expectations of women, their roles in their current society and, you know, their living places and all this stuff. And I I didn't realize that growing up. And then I realize that now I'm like, dang, you know. That is really offensive. <laughs> like in Beauty and the Beast, when Gaston's like, why are you reading? You're going to get ideas and start thinking. <laughs> like, you should just be making my babies. So, I mean, like, how offensive is that? I watched yeah. that movie since I was like two. But that's the thing Disney's really good at is like showing you lessons. 
and, but, you're, and you're internalizing yeah. it as a kid, but it's not like overtly like they're just ba- yeah. beating you over the head with it. They're right. still making it fun for you and entertaining. Yeah. Well, again, Disney, no Disney character has both their parents. Never. Or, normal home lives it's all about overcoming those obstacles those circumstances disadvantages you know especially i mean going back to the sexism i mean mulan too was just a great one for Mm -hmm. that and you know the thing i love about princess and the frog tiana is she overcomes racism Mm -hmm. and economic disadvantages and how that was back in the day and i mean that's my favorite uh it's not my favorite disney movie but it's definitely like my top three it's in my because top of the take home theme and you know watching her journey which we'll maybe we'll do one on that some other time but um yeah i mean the theme here i think is really really special in our you know current political climate and that we're just they're unveiling the sins of the past and accepting them for what they were and then doing whatever they have to do to heal those wounds mm-hmm. and that's all i want to say about it because i don't want to give away any of the story but you know i just think it's a beautiful theme here to bring to our next generation the kids that are growing up watching this and what we face today and how we need to go in and right those wrongs no matter what the cost Mm -hmm. so um of course then we have you know towards the end of the movie show yourself song which is just like you know pixar is all about making you cry yeah and like not like boohoo, like you can't even, like you got to wipe your face, tears swirling down. But they're definitely like tear jerkers, like your eyes are swelling up. <laughs> That's Pixar's move. Right. And that is definitely that part. It's just, it's beautiful. It's emotional. And Adina does such an amazing job with this song. And I just feel like when you listen to Adina sing in these movies, it's just like you're literally in concert and yeah. you're the only one sitting there. She just does a fantastic job. And, and they write these songs so well for what her voice is and what it can yeah. do. And and then they pair it with really great thematic music that's just really yeah. uplifting and rushing. So, yeah. I mean, that that's another one that's just a great... That's It's not as good as uh, Let It Go, obviously, but it's going to be another one of those all-time Disney songs, whether people realize it or not. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Definitely going to be an all-time Disney song. I absolutely loved it. I mean, you know, there's definitely parts of this movie that really does just pull on your heartstrings, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. But then you have your comic relief from Olaf, and, you know, it's just a great little watch. Olaf's character to me was so funny in this one because he's still Olaf, <laughs> but, like, he has, I'm not going to say taking a 180, but he's definitely getting into some like serious stuff in a very, very funny way. Uh, mostly without giving too much away. He's really kind of obsessed with this, with his idea of knowledge and he keeps bringing it up Yeah, in just this hilarious way that like this snowman is just trying to tackle this big stuff and he just keeps coming across hilarious. Essentially somebody born yesterday yeah. is tackling very heavy theology subjects. and yeah. <laughs> you know, who am I sort of yeah. questions. Yeah. Who are we? Why are we here? Yeah. Type questions. And it's funny. I'm pretty sure at one point they were implying that he was like drunk or something. Yelling out that random name, uh, Samantha. <laughs> and he's like, I don't even know yeah, Samantha. Samantha. And it's just like rolling all over the place. I'm like, is he supposed to be drunk? I don't know. I didn't catch that now, but it, it kind of makes it sense when you put it that way. It kind of makes you feel yeah. like, are you drunk or something? Yeah. 
drunk on life? Drunk on love. <laughs> I also thought like Olaf's dramatic reenactments throughout the movie. Oh. So much fun. Yes. Yes. And and you and he even hit on the classic Disney trope, their parents are dead. Yes. <laughs> That's essentially every Disney movie. Every Disney movie, but that was really cute. Yes. I thought that was really good as the unique thing to bring into the movie and like this recap of the first movie, which is just like unnecessary, but Nobody it was hilarious. Everybody's seen Frozen at this point. Yeah. It's like watching a six-year-old reenact the movie. Yes. Right there. Yes. In front of you as a parent and you've already seen it. And they've done it a hundred times already. Yeah. But you're still, you still have to pretend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that is definitely a good watch right now. Um, totally family friendly, obviously. I don't even think I need to say that. But yes, it's family friendly. Yeah. Um, again, critics 77, viewers 92%. What are your thoughts, Jacob? I probably fall somewhere in between. Is this an all-time Disney movie? Not necessarily. But I, I really enjoyed it. I thought they did, like I said, I thought they did a great job continuing the story. It was a lot of fun. They tackled some heavy subjects without getting too bogged down in it. Overall, I've, I've got no, no, the only negative thing I really have to say is, like I said, maybe a few too many songs. Other than that, really enjoyable movie. I think it's because you're a guy. Maybe. And I love the songs, yeah. so... I don't know. I'm not assuming that all men don't like the songs, but I'm just saying that's seems like a no. Once again, thing. I, I I love the songs. I love the songs in Disney movies, but like I said, that there were like two in there that I'm like, we didn't need this, but it's all good. I mean, we once again, it didn't it, take away. It. it didn't take away from the movie overall. That, like I said, I'm being nitpicky here and saying, okay, there's one or two too many songs. Sure. Um, what I really did love, and Disney has kind of historically done this. Uh, they took a lot of like Norse and Scandinavian mythology and yeah. and tied it all into the movie and they yeah. did a and you know they blended it all together. But I thought that was really cool to see how kind of not necessarily accurate they were, but things that most people wouldn't pick up on. Yeah, are something that maybe people in Scandinavia, Norway, those kind of northern countries are going to see that and go, "Oh my gosh, that's really cool." Because We've heard about that since we were kids. Well, back in the day, Disney was very much into historical accuracy. To a degree. <laughs> well, to a degree, yes. But, I mean, they were very uh, conscious about the way people looked. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's just like Princess and the Frog is not that old. No, not at all. You know, and I mean, she is an African-American mm -hmm. and she's living in... Um, the neighborhoods in mm -hmm. New Orleans right. where all of the African-American people live. Right. And, you know, it's completely different from white neighborhoods. It's right. like, I think it, I mean, it seems segregated to me. I would say it is in that time frame. In that time and that's how they show But right. that's how they're, how it looked back then. Right. Disney, you're right. Disney you know, always does a good much job of trying to that. get things right. What I've heard, and I don't believe this at all. People that are like, oh, Disney just blends it all together because they think everybody's the same. Like that was a yeah, critique of Aladdin was, oh, they blended some stuff from India, some stuff from the Middle East, and they right. just think all brown people look alike, which I don't believe. I think that's just Disney's way of trying to represent stuff 
right and and a culture like we yeah. highlight certain cultures and you know unfortunately what people are kind of chapped about i feel like which not to harp on this is that a lot of the cultures that they focused on was france mm-hmm. and uh you know they, places they, in like europe, europe. before because well, culture arrived well, Disney also <laughs> it was all the, white people they base all of their old movies off of old european fairy tales true you know, right. Which, you know, they Disney them up and make them family friendly and package them that way. But right. Except for Hunchback in Notre Dame. That was, <sighs> man, we watched that not too long ago. We did a rewatch on that. <sighs> man, that was a heavy, way too dark movie for a kid, for a kid. And, you know, I remember probably, I think I saw it back in the day, but it wasn't one that like stuck with me as like a favorite. Yeah. And that's probably why, like it was a pretty dark movie. Yeah. Very dark. <laughs> very dark. So what we do is towards the end of our episodes, we like to give a streamability rating. One being you're reaching for your phone to scroll instead of watch the movie. Five being everyone is shut out in the house. Nobody's talking. You're completely captivated. You're waiting two and a half hours to go to the bathroom (laughs) because you're so into whatever it is you're watching that's a five so how would you rate it uh, i give it a three and a half wow yes um it's not i don't think it's the best movie i've seen on disney plus uh but it's definitely not the worst i thought it was a uh probably better than frozen one now that i think about it um and like i said i had a few problems with just the storyline kind of getting slow a couple of times here and there mm. um but I, I can't object. Three and a half. It's not the greatest thing. It's not the worst. But that's where I sit. What about you? Where are you at? I am going to give this a four. Okay. Because I am partial to Disney movies. And Always. especially yeah. Disney princess movies. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a four because it's just something so easy to turn on. And you absolutely enjoy watching it. Um, But of course you need to be in the mood to watch a family movie. Right. This is not, I'm looking for something. I'm in my mid thirties. I'm looking for something to watch that will totally capture my attention. Right. For the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. You know, this is probably not going to be no a four for you. No, but it's a four for me. Cause I love it. Right. So, and especially I'm going to give it, I was going to give it a three and a half, but I have to get a four because now we have all these flame new Elsa looks. Yes. With her new outfits that yes. are just like, oh, man, they just don't do Anna no good with her clothes. And Ooh, then you got yeah. Elsa with these gorgeous outfits and she just highlights a fair skin. And it's just awesome. It makes me want to bleach my hair. Just kidding. <laughs> um, So, yeah, I got to give it a four because I love the looks. You know, I love it. Yeah. I'm totally into that. So thank you guys for joining us for our Disney Plus Frozen 2 episode of who would watch so please go follow us on instagram facebook whatever you fancy why don't you leave me a review if you hate my voice hate jacob's voice if you want me to do more disney movies less disney movies um if you would like for us to start reviewing something else like slide in our dms and say have you ever watched this and i might go watch it and do an episode for you who knows yeah let us know. Uh, once again, follow us on Instagram, Who What Watch Podcast. Uh, 
facebook.com slash streamability and twitter at who what watch pod and as always like Brittany mentioned go to our website whowhatwatch.com and leave us a review or email us info at whowhatwatch.com thanks for joining us till next time All right, my naughty little listeners who are still listening. If you are still listening and you don't like for any spoilers to come into your life, please end it now. Because I'm going to be talking about Easter eggs because this is a Disney movie and we're all about Easter eggs. We're going to talk spoilers. We're going to go into more detail. This is just going to give away things about the movie. If you haven't seen it and you don't like it, turn it off. Now. Still leave me a review. Yes. But... For all y'all who like to talk about it, let's go in. Easter eggs. Gosh, I love Easter eggs in Pixar movies. I just cannot get enough of them. I know. So good. I really didn't care for, you know, at the beginning of the movie, Anna and Elsa are playing like they're playing with dolls or figuring characters, whatever. And Elsa's- I really didn't care for this Easter egg. It really didn't do anything for me. Um, it did for me because I spotted it. Oh, yeah, you spotted it. I spotted it, so I was like, oh, snap. But I don't wear my glasses, so I yeah. spotted it if my like life depended on it. So <laughs> you can see like, characters in her uh, snow figures that she makes that her and Honor are playing with. You see Baymax, uh, Bolt, Dumbo, Snow White. There's a dinosaur. That, I mean... Do you think the dinosaur is Rex from Toy Story? I'm wondering if it is. Because it was definitely a T-Rex. It was definitely a T-Rex. But, I mean, when you think of, like, a dinosaur character, like, you all, it's always a T-Rex. Right. So, but it's definitely Rex now. If you now. look at the picture of it, it mm-hmm. looks like the T-Rex from Meet the Robins- Robinsons. Is that a Disney movie? I always kind of forget. It's a Pixar movie. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And, which is a great movie, by the way. Very um, underrated. But, yeah. we got to do a review uh, underrated. on that. <laughs> underrated. Um, also, another picnic, or the, not picnic, jeez. Another <laughs> Easter egg is the picnic blanket from Olaf's song, Bring Back Summer. Mm-hmm. In Frozen 1, it's the same picnic blanket he's uh, laying on when she says, ooh, you like your permafrost? Nice, yeah. I didn't notice that one. Yeah, I didn't, I noticed it, but I didn't really think anything of it. Of course, there's always a little Mickey Mouse plug in there. Yeah. Can't be a Disney movie movie without no, Mickey Mouse. Can't, um, which is very obvious. So I won't even get into that one. Um, that's more of Scandinavian history. Like you're talking about the calling that Elsa hears in the movie. Mm-hmm. That spiritual calling, mm-hmm. and it's like a calling. It's a traditional Scandinavian herding call. And I'm sure that if you're in Scandinavian herds, I'm sure that's exactly how it sounds. Yes, 100%. I don't Probably know. not. <laughs> do it. I wish I could do it right now. That would be so clutch. I will insert it now. Okay, there we go. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> All right, next time I'll do it. Um... You know, the other Easter egg, which I found really hard to pick out, was a Little Mermaid Easter egg. Oh. Which it was really hard to see because you're talking about snow frozen figures Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that Elsa is singing to towards the end of the movie. And it was a, um, it was the book 
of the Little Mermaid, the story oh. that the author wrote about the Little Mermaid. Yeah. It was the book cover of that book. Very nice. Very, very legit. Yeah. Um, that's a little too far for me, honestly. <laughs> um, and of course, you know, the Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. tribute to <laughs> our, yeah, from Kristoff's Lost in the Woods song. Um, my Probably my ultimate favorite is, you know, Marshmallow, which is the big snow monster that Elsa yes. in Frozen 1. It's still in Elsa's ice castle, by the way. Chilling with all the baby snowmen. If you haven't seen um, oh, the Frozen, Frozen short, it is on YouTube. In two different parts. I'm, yeah, I'm Googling it now because you need to watch this. Frozen Fever? That's it. Frozen Fever. Frozen Fever. Right Yes, Frozen Fever. You can find it on Google Play for like three ninety nine, but it is on YouTube in two different parts. Yeah, part one and part two, and it's so cute, and you see where these little baby snowmen came from. Anyway, so Marshmallow's up there with like hundreds of baby snowmen <laughs> from that shore, and he also has on Elsa's crown that she threw in Frozen Five. <laughs> nice. So he's just chilling in her castle with this... Uh, with this crown on, which I think is hilarious. Yes. So now we're going to talk about the homework you did. Yeah. So I mentioned this earlier in the episode that uh, they did a lot of Norse mythology and how it really tied in to the themes of the movie and like specific details. So we didn't want to give any spoilers away in the first part of the episode. We're trying not to do that for people that haven't seen it yet. Sure. So that's why we came back to it now. And the thing that I thought was really cool was the so- the first song that you hear in Frozen 1 is a song that ties into the Northundridge people in Frozen 2. So you find out, without getting too far into the details, you basically find out that uh, Anna and Elsa's mom is not actually from Arendelle. Right. She's part of this indigenous people in the Enchanted Forest. And the song that you hear in Frozen 1 is the song of their people. It's actually like a tradition, traditional yoik is the pronunciation. And it's a song that, uh, once again, people in Norse culture sing. Uh, what did it have to do with? Oh, reindeer herding. That's what it had to do with, which is typical of the North Undridge people as they were big reindeer farmers, reindeer herders. Apologize there. Razors. Razors? I don't know. They'd be raising reindeer. <laughs> and I also thought it was really cool. Uh, if you I actually love going back to that. Yoik. Yeah. Yoik. Actually, yoik. <laughs> God. Is that a good new word for that? us? Yeah. Yoik. Um, that part in Frozen Two where they sing the yoik mm-hmm. with the indigenous people, and it's like this very simple singing of that part. Whereas you know, Frozen One, the opener was like really elaborate. Yeah. It's, you know, all of that. This is just like a simple version of it. It was just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It just feel, I don't know what it did for me. That to me was the part that just like tie, put the ribbon on. That to me is. Two movies together. Yes. Being totally cohesive. The same story in yeah. two parts. And I, you hit the nail on the head because that was, that was the exact moment for me. I was like, wow, they did a really good job tying these two together. It's such a special part. Yeah. Which, I mean, who doesn't love, you know, Native people? Right. Especially me. <laughs> and the thing about the North Undridge people, 
uh, they were actually based on the Sami people of Scandinavia, Norse. They were uh, indigenous reindeer herders mm-hmm. in the you know Norse area. Eventually, kind of driven out, but they were also the same people that if you watch the movie Klaus, which we absolutely love, adore. Uh, the Sami people make an appearance in there, so they're having a great year for representation in media, uh, which I thought was great that Disney kind of tied that in. They're a population that has kind of been pushed out of their homeland and become nomadic, and they're getting a lot of representation in two big movies, really. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, Klaus was a big hit. Yeah, Klaus was so much fun. It really was. Um, and then going back to other mythology that was tied into the movie, you, you find out that there are four spirits that represent different elements of the earth, fire, wind, water, earth, and they were all based on different North Norse mythology. Like I immediately recognized the fire salamander. I just recognized that from like some sort of myth that so was taught. actually a salamander. It's a Pixar character called a newt. So years ago, Pixar wanted to do a movie about these newts, these little salamander, adorable little things. Okay. About them facing extinction. Mm-hmm. And Pixar killed it. Okay. They were going to do that. Yeah. And then years later, we get the movie Rio mm-hmm. about a blue bird facing, facing extinction. extinction. Oh, and it okay. was, and it did great and got a sequel. Yeah. So okay. it's like really, I don't know why they brought this little new in to, I mean, I guess there's a, there's a reason there was a, yeah. so back in the day, uh, salamanders would hibernate in the winter. They would hibernate in logs and then when people in Norway and Scandinavia and Finland would take those logs and put them on a fire, the salamanders would wake up and run out of the fire. Aww. So people legitimately thought like, oh, these salamanders like live in fire. They come from the fire, which is why it was the fire spirit. Well, yeah. And then, of course, they used the images yeah. that they already created about newts yeah. that looked like a salamander. Yeah. And then so they just makes sense. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> it's adorable little thing. And it's I love that it's called a newt. Yeah. <laughs> like, what a weird name, but I love it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's a ton of little details like that where the water horse is a traditional uh, Viking myth that a water horse would try and drown you, which actually tries to drown Elsa. It does. In the movie until she tames it, which I thought was awesome. That was a really yeah. cool part. Uh, so that's, you know, another traditional myth. And then. And can we just talk about like the imagery they created with that water horse? Oh, man, I mean, the beautiful. work that had to go into that. I mean, it is just gorgeous. Yes. Which, I mean,. Both Frozen movies are, you know, Frozen 1 was just arguably unparalleled in beauty, like the ice castle mm-hmm. and just the, you know, the ice and everything that they did. You know, the graphics, the colors were just gorgeous. Yes. And then, of course, you get this horse and it's just like, oh, yes, this is awesome. It's beautiful. The image is beautiful. I hope you have a good TV you're watching it on. That, and that was the thing. So we recently had to upgrade our TV Due to my fault, I apologize still. But we upgraded our TV and went back and watched Frozen 1 before we watched this. And like you said, the, noticing the details now that we have a nice TV, how they're like each individual snowflake is a different shape. It's not just a spot yeah. on the screen. And the, I can't imagine the amount of time that the animators had to put into that. Oh. And then you see that again in this movie where there's there's so much detail and in the water and the ice and the way the light plays through it in different consistencies was just really beautiful work of art. Yeah. 
It is. Yeah. It's absolutely are. I mean, I do feel like a little element of some element is taking from, you know, the old movies where you had an artist a hand, hand, hand drawing animation. It's just not cost effective. So they, it's not, it's but not. It's, there's something special about it, which is why Klaus was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think, is there anything else that stuck out in the movie, like spoilerific that you want to talk about or anything that you really enjoyed that we couldn't talk about in the first half of the episode? I mean, the main spoiler is, you know, finding out that the mom is, you know, yeah. is well, who she is and, you know, seeing her in the end and then finding out in the end, this beautiful calling that she's mm-hmm. hearing throughout the movie is actually her mom making that call. Right. And, I mean, and that's when you hear the song, um, Show Yourself. That's what it was. And it's just this gorgeous part, I have to tell you. It's just, you feel like you're looking at your mama right there <laughs> in the eyes. It's yeah. just, you do. You just feel it. You feel every bit of it. Um, I think that, you know, them finding their parents' wrecked ship. I thought that was really cool. You know, that these are like major spoilers, by the right. way. Once again, we really hope you turn this off. I really you... <laughs> hope you turn it off. I'm sorry if you didn't. But either way, you still got to watch it um, to experience it yourself. So I I think that seeing the old ship and the emotion of that, because, you know, everybody had this theory about uh, Anna and Elsa's parents were actually Tarzan's parents. They just had another baby. <laughs> so actually, Like, that I... is so ridiculous because it's not true it's not true but i think the director of tarzan actually was like oh yeah that'd be great if that happened you know what i'm gonna say it's real (laughs) yeah of course he is yeah uh yeah so seeing you know the parents wrecked ship and the water memory feature of the movie is just very cool so in the movie you know olaf talks about how water has memories so they use water and manipulate it you know elsa can manipulate elements especially water and she manipulates it to show the memory that it carries mm-hmm. and of course they see their parents and they find out the true reason they were even traveling it was not what they thought um they were actually going to find answers about elsa, elsa. yeah and they were trying to go to a place that was too dangerous to get to mm-hmm. which is why elsa sends on away right and then Elsa has to, you know, battle this rough sea. And that's when she comes across the horse, which mm-hmm. tries to drown her. Mm-hmm. And then she tames it and then makes it to this area where she finally sees in the reflections, you know, at the, towards the end of the song. It's gorgeous. And then they see the mom. She sees her mom. Yeah. And it's just so special. What a special part. So, I mean, it's a tear, that's the tear jerking moment mm-hmm. I'm referring to yeah. for a Pixar for this Pixar movie and it, it's really special and you know it's actually kind of funny is the first Frozen Anna turns to ice right and then the second one and then the second one Elsa turns to ice mm-hmm. and Anna saves Elsa yeah and the only way she knows how mm-hmm. being smart and love mm-hmm. passion yes compassion mm-hmm. and you know she uses the giants to break the bridge which i think is creative because it's like she's sitting here with no powers and still saves the day and still saves the world yeah their world Mm -hmm. uh the indigenous people's world and um i think that's really special i I think it was really good they just did a really good job with that showing that even though you don't have any special powers doesn't mean you can't do great things Mm -hmm. 
So one thing that you started talking about details in the movie and it reminded me that of something I read the other day. Somebody compared this movie and said it was almost not carbon copy, but a lot of the same themes to Thor Ragnarok. What? That was my response. But think about this. So both movies have to deal with a prince or a princess thrust into power before they're ready. Odin dies, Thor has to become king. And then both of them finding out that basically their kingdoms were built on a lie. Because in Frozen 2, you find out Anna and Elsa's grandfather attacked first. The dam was not actually a gift. It was a, you know, curse, I guess. Yeah. It was something to exhort his power over the indigenous people. So I thought, and when I read that headline, I was like, no way. I got to click this. So they got their (laughs) click out of me. It still is not a direct comparison. It's not a a carbon copy. There are are a lot of the same themes if you sit down and think about it. Sure. You can make that connection. The same thoughts, I guess. But it's not, you're right. It's not a carbon copy. But that's, once again. That's hilarious. Their copywriters got their click out of me that day. So I I appreciate some good. Clickbait. Yeah. They got me. You fell for it. I did. All right. That's all I got for y'all. Yep. Thank y'all so much for joining us. Sorry if you listened to all these spoilers and you didn't want to. Not sorry if you didn't. Yep. Thank I- you for joining us. Always follow us. All those good things. Who would watch podcasts? If you want me to do a separate episode for spoilers and give give us some feedback, please do. We do check our direct messages as often as possible. Send us an email at info. At whowhatwatch.com. Yes. Of course, slide in the DMs, whatever you want to do. Let us know what you think, how we can improve, what we can do for you. And always leave a review on iTunes. It doesn't matter if you listen on Spotify or Anchor or some other platform. Uh, Leaving a review on iTunes takes like two minutes and really helps us grow this podcast and lets us do more episodes like this and more fun things that we think you'll enjoy. We always appreciate it. And we read every single review. Thank you. Yeah.